You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's edition of Dialed In, National Club Golfer's weekly look at the best bets on the professional tours. Very delighted, as always, to be joined by NCG's form expert, Barry Plummer. Barry, welcome. Hi Steve, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, Looking forward, hopefully, to a better week of golf. Uh, I don't really want to um, dwell too much on last week and great for obviously uh, Matt Jones and great for Justin Harding to get European and PGA Tour wins but um, it wasn't the most riveting week of golf I've ever seen. No again we knew from the start didn't we in terms of the fields that were out it wasn't going to be um, you know a blockbuster but yeah I mean both tournaments had moments which uh, which were interesting and some some light-hearted fun stuff came out of that especially with uh, Wes Bryan getting into what looked like the swamp to play his shot in his in his underpants, uh, I suppose one of the things that came out that was quite amusing from that, but there wasn't much good golf on. And uh, yeah, I think the, the quicker we move on to this week's stellar field, the better. Well, let's do just that then. And it is the World Golf Championships Dell Technologies match player in Austin, Texas. Now you, I, 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 I'm not sure I can get used to the group format here. I'm, I'm old school. I tended to like it when it was... Um, knockout straight away rather than um, groups and then see what you can win. I understand why they've tried to do it. Um, presumably it boosts the field because, you know, your top players don't like to go for one game and get humbled potentially. Um, so there's guaranteed games, but I always, especially as we get into um, the Friday and the final group games, there's always so many dead rubbers, isn't there? And they're just waiting for the knockout then. Yeah. I mean, this, the way they're doing it now, I suppose favors the, uh, the, the top players in the field, doesn't it? Gives them a bit more of a chance to make the weekend. We know it always doesn't work out like that, but with the seeds in there as well, and uh, the fact that they may be playing um, some players that are maybe further down the world rankings than them, by no means a, a buy for anybody. But I think uh, players such as your DJs and your John Rams will fancy their chances to get through this uh, these next three days. And whatever I think about it, the big guns have largely turned up. Justin Thomas is the market leader. Prices around 11 and 12 to 1 at present. Bryson DeChambeau coming up next. Joint favourite in a lot of places, uh, Bryson. Uh, Dustin Johnson, the world number one. Third favourite here at the moment. 14 to 1 best price. John Rahm at 14s as well. McElroy as big as 20s. Um, that might interest some people. Uh, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Reed at 25s. I mean, the list goes on. It is a good field this week, as you'd expect for a WGC. Are you looking forward to it? Oh, massively. I always enjoy when there's a slightly different format and something that you can uh, look at in a slightly different way. I suppose it's a, a strategic sort of um, selection point of view and trying to work out the, the value in the betting. It's really interesting because uh, you're looking at who they're playing in their groups and what sort of route they've got to the different various knockout rounds. So, it's definitely a fun watch and obviously we get an extra day of golf. So that's always a bonus as well. Yeah. Tough to pick a winner though, isn't it? Um, in an 18 hole shootout, particularly as we get into the knockout rounds, you know, a, 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 bit, a bad bit of luck, you know, a bad start, 
a fluke here and there, you know, a bounce of luck for your opponents. Um, there's really not a lot of time to recover. It's, um, I mean, do you think from a betting point of view, it is the shootout some of us might expect? Or are there some trends here? Are there some players who tend to do well in this, this type of format? Well, I mean, you've only got to look at the recent form um, of this event and, and the trend that you see is you've got players that are finishing, you know, runner up or fourth or eighth based on obviously making those knockout rounds. But then they throw in a couple of 64s straight after where they've not made the weekend. There isn't really any massive form trends for any players uh, in terms of making consecutive or, or a number of weekends. So I think actually, as you said, that there may be some interesting different markets this week where maybe looking at, um, some on the day sort of accumulators of players playing in in their different matches might be an interesting angle. There is some interesting value on a few players um, that uh, that stand out with the prices that pop up. Um, but again, it will be a bit of a lottery depending on how they play in their individual games. Yeah, sixteen groups in total. Winner goes through. Um, there are some eye-catching groups out there. I mean, the one that attracts everyone's attention in the UK is obviously Group Eight. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Lee Westwood, Matt Wallace and Sergio Garcia. Go on, pick a winner out of that group, Barry. Well, I, I actually will be going for one of those players as one of my selections for the week um, shortly. But I mean, for me, on a ball strikers course um, where, you know, you need to be good off the tee, total driving is usually a good indicator for success. Um, Sergio Garcia stands out for me there. I know Westwood's had a bit of fatigue, especially as we saw and predicted coming into last week. Um, you've got Tyrrell Hatton, who, has, who, who can be absolutely brilliant, but again, has had a little bit of a quiet time over the last few events. And then Matt Wallace, who's really finding his feet on the PGA Tour. So, I mean, Sergio played brilliantly at the players uh, last time out. So I, I fancy him to have another good go this week. Group five uh, really attracts my attention as well, Barry. Exceptional players there. Bryson DeChambeau, Tommy Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim. We all know he's capable, the former players champion. Antoine Rosner as well. Yeah, or well, as you just mentioned, we know Siwoo Kim loves Pete Dye golf courses. Um, Tommy Fleetwood is one of those infuriating players, but that can quite easily pop up and could quite easily take an event like this, uh, and it would be a surprise. Rosner's won recently. DeChambeau um, was brilliant and has been brilliant around his wins recently. So that's another group where you, you could see any of them really um, progressing through and giving the lads in Group 12 a good game in the next round. Yeah, before we get on to your selections to who you think is actually going to win, are there any particular groups where you think um, a favourite's going to do really well or you think there's a, there's an outside contender who might spring a surprise? Yeah, I mean, I really like the chances of Dustin Johnson in Group 1 and I know I don't need to go into too much detail of why you'd select Dustin Johnson because he's an absolutely fantastic golfer and obviously world number one, but um, he's in a group with Adam Long, ranked number 61, Bob McIntyre making his debut in the event, number four, uh, ranked 41st, and Kevin Nahr, who, while he's been playing very well recently, I, I would argue is probably not at the standard of an informed Dustin Johnson. And I could see Dustin Johnson quite easily sort of blitzing that group and, and getting through to the next round. Be interesting to see how uh, Bob McIntyre gets on in his WGC debut. He's obviously an amateur championship finalist, um, lost to Scott Gregory, who uh, went on for a while on the European Tour. Obviously, this is a massive step up in class, but match play suits some players, doesn't it? Yeah, and also it's interesting to note that Bob McIntyre's first win on the European Tour came in a slightly different format in Cyprus. So he obviously is a player who likes that sort of different type of, of, of format and, and relishes that sort of opportunity. And when I spoke to him 
a few months back, he mentioned that having that opportunity on 18, on, on Sunday, sorry, in Cyprus, to go and shoot 18 holes with a chance of winning an event um, really suited his mentality and his style of play as an aggressive player. So if he gets somewhere up there, he could be a really good shout at what looks to be quite a big price. Would you uh, consider interesting staking plans in a tournament like this, for example, where you pick a group winner and then perhaps if it comes down to a showdown, lay off against the other player a little bit? I mean, how, how do you... Um, foresee round by round betting and, and what would be the things that you would look at um, if for example your player on Wednesday the one you fancy to win the group you know gets an unexpected loss yeah I mean I I'm going to be putting out maybe slightly later in the week another uh, another sort of a weekend banker tip I suppose which I'll be adding on once the group stages are finished just to have a little look at where players have played well and maybe who's going to do well in the knockout rounds but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a bit of an old school um, uh, better, I suppose, in that once I pick my player, I sort of put my trust in them a little bit. I'm not a massive uh, fan of, of the laying or, or the cashing out or, or whatever it may be. And um, I think if I'm confident enough to put the bet on in the first place, then I'm going to let it ride and see how we go. Well, let's get on to your selections for the uh, match player. Who's your best bet for the week? So I think I'm leaning towards uh, more towards Sergio Garcia uh, out of the two, simply because I think he's on the best side of the draw. Um, we've already spoken about the fact he's in a very difficult group, but when you look at the players who were in it, as I mentioned, you've got Lee Westwood there, who's who's maybe uh, had a bit of an issue with fatigue, and Wallace, who's finding his feet, and Hatton, who's been you know up and down of late. Garcia's had a good record in this event in the last two runnings. He was um, eighth last year, obviously got through to the last eight and got through to the last sixteen. Uh, the year before. Um, Garcia, as we all know, is a fantastic match play player, Europe's um, number one point scorer of all time in the Ryder Cup. So someone who is well adept to this type of challenge. I think with um, Sergio, you've got to also look at the fact that he ranked second for strokes gained tee to green and second for strokes gained off the tee um, at the moment on the tour. So when you look at the fact that this does suit a person who is good off the tee, total driving is a good indicator, as I mentioned earlier. Sergio Garcia ticks that box. He's quite consistent all the way up to the greens at the moment. And actually his putting is the thing that's letting him down slightly. So if Sergio back on Bermuda greens, which he won on at the Sanderson Farm Championship before Christmas, um, can get his putter working, I can see him making his way through this tough group and then getting into the knockout phases and giving himself a good chance. Yeah, always the big if with Sergio, isn't it? Whether his putter's going to work or not. Um, I think we saw a couple of weeks ago when he missed one of the shortest putts of all time. Um, but let's hope that he has a decent week with a flat stick. Well, if the Spaniard doesn't shine for you, what you want is a really gritty competitor in these sort of events, someone who is never going to give up, who's going to go right the way to the line and give you everything. And I think in your second selection, Barry, you've got that. Yeah, with Matthew Fitzpatrick, I think he he's somebody who doesn't have a very good record in this event. In fact, he's not made the weekend in the last uh, four visits to this event. But what we do see is a real upturn in recent form. When you look at it, in the last four events, he's ninth, 10th, 11th and 5th, um, which is some of the best form around at the moment on any of the professional tours. Uh, and as a player who we know will be trying to catch the eye of Padre Carrington and get himself into the Ryder Cup team for later this year. What better event to go and show that you can play well in a match play format than, than at this event? So he's the, the sort of the opposite, I suppose, to Garcia in the way that his putting has been absolutely fantastic uh, over the last 
uh, three months. He's ranked second out of every player in the top 150 in the world for that particular area of his game. So uh, if he can get himself on the greens, give himself a good opportunity to putt, uh, I think he's going to give players, even though he might be on the more difficult side of the draw, he's going to give players a, a decent game. And if he can get past his group stage and maybe negotiate a tie with potentially Justin Thomas or one of the other bigger players, then, you know, it's going to give him a lot of confidence moving forwards in the competition. Yeah, let's look at a couple of other groups, um, not necessarily for selection purposes, but just to give viewers and listeners an idea of, of um, where our thoughts are. Group 11, Rory McIlroy. Um, 20 to 1, Rory. I, I wonder if that's slightly an exaggeration. I, I mean, he hasn't, he obviously missed the cut in his last outing, and there's been a lot of attention towards that. And clearly, he got some headlines with um, his comments about reaching distance, but his form hasn't been that bad before that. Um, a selection of top 10s without winning. He's 20 to 1 for this, um, and he's got what looks like an accessible group. I mean, the big worry for me for him in, in this group would not be Cameron Smith or, uh, or, or Lanto Griffin. It would be Poulter because Poulter could get himself up for a tie like that and, and really put a spanner in the works. I mean, what do you think about Rory at what looks like a big price? Yeah, recent form uh, in this event, he's been in the semi-final. He has uh, got a last 16 in the last four years. So, yeah, he's somebody who knows how to play well here. As you mentioned, the danger is going to come probably from from Poulter, isn't it? And that those two guys will know each other really well from having played together in the Ryder Cup formats. Uh, Poulter will know how to, uh, you know, play sensibly and play clever to try and get a result from Rory McIlroy. Uh, you, you talk about Cameron Smith as well. Cameron Smith's been playing fantastic golf recently. He played in the President's Cup, so he's got some experience of that type of format as well. Um, I think that McIlroy has a good chance, obviously, of getting out that group. And then when you look at the group, just above him as you go through into the knockouts, if he can make his way through, the big danger lies in Xander Schofele. And I would fancy McElroy on his day to give him a good game as well. Yeah, the other group that um, really interested me and the other player who really interested me was Paul Casey. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a relatively tough group in that Taylor Gooch has been showing some decent form. And obviously we know what we're going to get from Webb Simpson. But, but Casey's been outstanding in recent weeks. He's been one of your selections um, frequently um, since the turn of the year. I'm old enough to remember when he won this in the old format. He's an exceptional match player, obviously came back into the Ryder Cup um, in 2018 and, and, and performed admirably well. Um, I think he could be a, a good shout as well for um, someone who's after a player at a bigger price around 28 to 1. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his group, you'd fancy, you really would fancy Casey with his experience, especially in a match play format, to, to get the better of Taylor Gooch and Mackenzie Hughes. As you mentioned, Webb Simpson is, is just as reliable, probably, on the, uh, the American side. Uh, but with Casey getting through that group, having what we, you know, group eight, you could probably call it the group of death, I suppose, in that there's four quality players in that group, one of which obviously is one of my selections. I'm going to hope that Sergio does get past him, but with, uh, with Paul Casey's experience, I would not be surprised to see him go close. And every time I've put him up recently, he's returned some place money for me. So that's also another interesting thing to mention with this. With the outright betting at the moment, a lot of markets and a lot of um, bookmakers are putting up eight places on this event, which means you've only got to get through to the last eight and actually you're getting a payout. And picking those players with that experience in match play formats could be a really good way to guarantee yourself a little bit of profit. Well, it's a fun week. It's a bit different. Um purists like me would still like it to be one knockout as as i said earlier on but um we get an extra day's golf barrier as you quite rightly pointed out and i think we're going to enjoy it um 
hopefully um, you'll get in on some of Barry's selections and uh, watch out for his later tips later in the week. You can always catch um, Barry's previews on uh, nationalclubgolfer.com. Barry, thanks for joining us as always on Dialed In. Cheers, Steve. And we hope to see you next week as we start to build up towards the Masters and the first major of the year. See you then. We'll